I have taken Benadryl for 15 years at bedtime to sleep. I started Dr. Kylie's regimen a month ago. I haven't taken it during that time, and I've slept better now than I ever did with the Benadryl. I can't wait to see how much better I feel as I continue this protocol she designed for me. Susan, let's start your healing journey. Come join us in one of the Permission to Heal 21-Day Boot Camps. Pick the one that's right for you. We begin September 6th. See you on the inside. Practitioners, we need to form an army. We need to step into our purpose and level up. Come join me as we do this together inside the Beyond the Diagnosis Mastermind. Doors close September 6th. Come join us at btdmastermind.com and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. Today, we're going to talk about water and dehydration. Now, I'm mostly going to do this for myself because I'm terrible at drinking water and I know I need to be better at it. But here's the thing. It's not like I drink anything else. I'm not drinking soda pop. I'm not drinking milk. I just don't drink other things, but I don't drink enough water. So this is more motivation for me than for any of you. However, I'm going to teach you nine signs of dehydration in which you probably didn't even think about. And I learned a lot of this from a book called Your Body's Many Cries for Water. You can also find more information at watercure.com. But this is an MD who teaches that medication doesn't cure. It only treats. So patients continue to use them. We all know this. This is why you're here. He also says, and many people also say this, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again while you expect different results. How oftentimes do we see the time patients get to us, they've had the same thing over and over again. Everybody's blamed their diet. Everybody's blamed X, Y, Z. <laughs> and yet nobody bothered trying things differently, looking at those normal labs just a little bit differently. Now, like I said, we're going to dive into the concept of water and dehydration at a such deeper level than you would ever think about it beforehand. It's going to change your thoughts about water. And I'm going to drink some right now. Now, for me, my problem isn't that I don't drink. En- I mean, it is my problem. I don't drink enough water. That is my problem. But what I found is just pure laziness. I remember during school when I put the water bottle on my desk with me and it was visibly seen, I would drink so much more. If I have water on my desk while I'm working, I drink so much more. I just grab it and drink, right? So find little simple ways to incorporate more water into your daily routine. But the laziness comes into play. When I run out of water, I run out of water. I'm just so lazy at filling my water bottles back up. So I found one time I purchased a 60, a 64 ounce water bottle. Cause that way, if I filled it up one time, that would at least give me 64 ounces in the day rather than a 32 ounce bottle that I would drink once and never drink again, because I would just wouldn't fill the thing up. So that's the story of my life. Now I don't drink all those other fluids that are dehydrating agents, fluids like tea, coffee, alcohol, soda pop, Those are actually dehydrating agents. They get rid of the water that's in your body, wanting you to drink more. Isn't that a marketing scheme? 
Now, why water? Water is essential to the body. Every function of the body is monitored and pegged by the flow of water. Lack of water results in rationing and the brain gets the priority. Dehydration can cause loss of functions. And like I said, the body will ration water out with brain receiving 20% of those rations. Dehydration can also cause disease conditions. And we're going to talk about nine of those today and how they are correlated with lack of water. So all the fanciest treatments in the world might not be needed. They just might need a little bit more water and a little bit less of those dehydrating agents. You can drink all the soda pop you want. You're dehydrating yourself more and more. You can drink all the coffee and the tea and the alcohol you want. You're dehydrating yourself more and more. That's not water. You're not getting water from those things. Your body is losing water from those things. So if you're drinking 64 ounces of soda pop, you should probably be drinking 128 ounces of water to combat not only our regular normal need for water, but for drinking those 64 ounces of dehydration fluids. Now, right off the bat, think about this. Our human body is 25% solid matter, 75% water. Now, it never crossed my mind that if we're 75% water, why are we not just sloshing around like water does in a cup or movement in the ocean as it hits the beach and the rocks? Why don't our bodies physically do that? If we're 75% water, shouldn't we just? slosh around from place to place. It never crossed my mind until it was brought up on a podcast episode I interviewed with him a week or so ago, and you're going to get it if you haven't already gotten it. The one on the heart, three myths about the heart. And he says, and we talk about how we don't just slosh around. The water is actually more like a jelly that gives us some substance, something to walk on, to stand on. So when we grab our skin, we're grabbing the jelly muscle portion. We're just not grabbing loosey goose, sloshy water inside of us. Pretty cool. Every function of the body is monitored and pegged to the efficient flow of water. Water also helps us convert hydroelectric energy, for those of you who are chemists, into ATP and GTP. ATP is what our cells need for energy. It's converted in our bodies inside the mitochondria, inside every single cell in the body. Water is the adhesive material or the bonding glue for all cell components. Messages from the brain to the cells are transmitted via water pathways. Proteins and enzymes of the body function more efficiently in solutions of lower viscosity. Water, the solvent of the body, regulates all functions, including the activity of the solutes it dissolves and circulates. The body does not have a water reserve, so it rations. Now, before we dive into these nine causes of dehydration, I want you to make a goal. Make it a goal to Take whatever amount of water you're drinking right now. For me, it's probably 
40 to 50 ounces per day and double it. 100 ounces per day is my goal. I've already, it's noon. I've drank 20 ounces. So I got 80 more to go. Drink some more so I can keep on the pace. So give your body what it needs because it's communicating to you signs of dehydration. Here they are. Number one, pain, generalized pain. Number two, GI complaints like peptic ulcers, gastritis, heartburn, duodenitis. These are all signs of dehydration. Three, rheumatoid arthritis. That's your body's way of communicating. My joints are dehydrated. Four, depression. Five, high blood pressure. Six, high cholesterol. Seven, obesity. Eight, asthma and allergies. Nine, morning sickness with pregnancy. Let's get into all the details about these nine signs of dehydration. Chronic pain, things like heartburn, rheumatoid pain, back pain, heart pain, headaches, leg pain upon walking. They can all be tracked back to a water shortage in the body and therefore the body having to ration its supply. Water shortage and rationing leads to histamine production. Histamine, we also we oftentimes think of as allergies, asthma, and chronic pains are a result of histamines. So the medication would be an antihistamine. What if instead of taking the antihistamine medication, we took an antihistamine known as water? That histamine is going to communicate to the brain. And it tells the brain that there's pain. That pain signal is literally a water rationing signal, but it's being told to your body as pain. So first, your body is in a shortage. It needs more water. Then it starts to ration your water supply because it doesn't have water reserves. So it's got to use what it's there, when it's there, and ration it. Your brain gets told via histamine that there's a problem, and it interprets that problem as pain. Pain can lead to heartburn, rheumatoid arthritis, which we'll get into more detail in a minute, back pain, heart pain, headaches, and leg pain just after you wake up. Now that's dehydration and chronic pain, all about that histamine production. Next up, number two, GI complaints, things like peptic ulcers, gastritis, heartburn, wadenitis. Peptic ulcers resembles a thirst disease. This doctor tells in his research that he's treated over 300 people with ulcers with water and they've been cured. Right now, we accept the only sign of dehydration as dry mouth, that thirsting signal we get, right? I've often heard in many other instances, when you feel that, you are already a gallon low in water. This dry mouth sign is the last outward sign of extreme dehydration. Damage occurs at a level of persistent dehydration that doesn't necessarily demonstrate a dry mouth signal. So by the time you're getting that I'm thirsty dry mouth signal, there's already a lot of damage going on inside your body simply due to lack of water. He's taken over 300 people with peptic ulcers, increased their water intake, and what do you know? The peptic ulcers are gone. Now, ulcers can also be enhanced with diet. You need to make sure that those ulcers are not perforated. If they are not, 
you can treat them successfully with water. You will also see a relief almost immediately when those water levels get back up. Remember, the body has no storage. It gets to use what's there when it's there. As you all know, I'm a big fan of finding infections. These peptic ulcers and other GI complaints are often a sign of an infection. So treat with water and infections and you're going to get major results. He also goes in to talk about with these GI complaints that the hunger signal is first a thirsty signal. So if you're feeling hungry, take some, drink eight ounces of water first, then start eating and you'll find that you'll eat less. A lack of water also causes the barrier of our lining stomach, the wall of our lining, the lining of our stomach, there we go, is broken down and therefore it does not protect against our acidic blood or any other acids in our food. Heartburn, antacids, pepsid AC, omeprazole, prilosec, they're all antacids. You could actually treat that successfully with water. Because water is going to build up the lining of your stomach, protecting outside organs in your bloodstream from these acids. So instead of reaching for a Tums next time, reach for some more water. Antacids, the medications I just dropped here, contain aluminum and are dangerous along with the histamine agents when they're used long-term. That is straight out of his book. Colitis pain, which is felt in the lower left part of your abdomen, is also a thirst signal. It's often accompanied by constipation, a complication of dehydration. I'm going to give you an example of that. My little girl, she's just turned one. We've had battles with constipation since she was born. Now, I wasn't able to breastfeed. So she was formula fed most of her life, minus the first two months that were awful. So of course the food doesn't help. But when we've started to give her water throughout the days, during the days, it has made her GI tract so much better. No amount of prunes, no amount of applesauce, no amount of any other type of food has helped. What has helped her the most is water. So constipation is another complication of dehydration. And why not? Let's throw in one more. Alzheimer's. The primary cause of Alzheimer's is chronic dehydration. Why? Because your brain cells have literally shrunken due to lack of water. In his book, he calls Alzheimer's the brain cell dehydration disease. So if you want to prevent Alzheimer's, drink your water. Number three, RA, rheumatoid arthritis pains. This one's pretty simple. Water is held in the cartilage of a joint because it's a lubricating factor. That water protects the contact surfaces of our joints. So I always give people supplements like CBO and collagen ECM to really help out with joint pain. I'm going to start doing those two with a diagnosis of dehydration. I hate diagnoses though. So what if we were to just say, let's build back up the joints, the joint components with the cartilage, with the healthy fats and water, CBO, collagen ECM and water helping marvelously with joint pain. Now, as you guys know, rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune condition. And you know that if you've been listening to me long enough, 
It is an immune congestion where the immune system has started to attack the adjoints. So if we're treating RA, we have to treat it like it's an autoimmune. But in the meantime, let's build up the joints. So figure out what triggered the immune system to start attacking. That's why we're seeing it, you know, in 14-year-olds and a juvenile RA. Somebody has joint pain. They just assume it's either fibromyalgia. If the RA markers come back negative, they're going to give fibromyalgia, throw on some Lyrica and hope for the best. Figure out the trigger. Remove it. Oftentimes, there's multiple triggers. An infection is one of them. Then we have to calm the immune system down, like with high-powered doses of vitamin D. And then we got to rebuild the joints and rebuild the gut because the gut is the immune system. So if you're dealing with joint pain, I highly recommend CVO and collagen ECM and get your water intake up. In fact, water is free. When it comes to low back pain, specifically at the very bottom of your back, that L5, which is the most common disc that has problems, 75% of your weight, of the weight of the upper part of the body, is supported by the water volume that is stored in the L5 disc. 25% is supported by the fibrous materials around the disc. So how important is water in your spine? One disc. 75% of that one disc is going to carry the load of your upper body. Drink up. Number four, depression. Dehydration equals stress and stress equals dehydration. The following hormones are affected with stress and dehydration. Vasopressin, endorphins, cortisone, renin, which helps out with our kidney function, and prolactin. So alcohol is a dehydrating factor because it lowers vasopressin production. So one way to help with depression, drink more water. Eliminate all those water thieves. Number five, high blood pressure. High blood pressure, also known as hypertension, is a result of the adaptive process to a gross body water deficiency. In a water shortage and body water drought, you experience 60% of the water is removed from inside of the cells. 26% of the body uses water from outside the cells and 8% from blood volume. So when your body is craving water, when there's not enough water supply there, you're going to end up with high blood pressure because it's going to take some water from your blood volume to other areas of the body, like your brain. Number six, high blood cholesterol. You all know cholesterol is not a bad guy. It's been made out to be a bad guy, but it's not. Cholesterol is requirement for our body to make hormones. And it's a requirement for a lot of other things too. In fact, it helps to regulate the cell membrane, the ability for things to go in and out of our cells. Cholesterol and water are big factors on our cell membrane walls. Cholesterol is a necessary substance we need to find and stay balanced. Excess cholesterol denotes dehydration. You got a bad lipid panel, bad cholesterol panel. I dove into it on an earlier episode, but it can also denote dehydration. To digest our food, water is the most essential ingredient. 
If we give the necessary water to the body before we eat our food, all the battle against cholesterol formation in the blood vessels will be won, says the dog. I would say his name, but I can't. <laughs> it's one of those like Indian names. I'm not even going to attempt it. Just know that it is straight out of the book, your body's many cries for water. Cholesterol is a basic building block for all hormones in the body. Most hormones, like I said, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, cortisol, they all come from cholesterol. Now, what's the next one? Number seven, obesity. Why are we so overweight? People do not understand their thirsty signals. They also don't understand the difference between fluids and water, he says. Diet sodas cause weight gain. Sodas do not replace water. Caffeine does not replace water. Coffee does not replace water. Alcohol does not replace water. In fact, caffeine lowers the threshold of the ATP, which is we need for energy in our cells. He says the best, quote, diet is to increase our water intake and our exercise. We are literally starving our bodies of water and it's showing up in all of these symptoms. And if your symptoms fit underneath an umbrella, you're going to get a diagnosis. Start thinking beyond the diagnosis and start healing beyond the diagnosis. Again, your body's thirst signals can also be hunger signals. Drink water first and you won't eat so much. And I find that even at the end of the days, if I haven't eaten enough, you get, and you get those snacky moods where you just open up the pantry and you stare at it. And nothing looks good, sounds good. So you don't end up grabbing anything. Typically in those moments, it's not a moment of I'm hungry. It's a moment of I'm dehydrated and I need more water. But my water signal, the communication pathway that my brain's trying to tell me I need more water is leading me to think I'm craving something. I don't know what that something is. I'm going to stare inside the pantry and see if I can figure it out. Open up the fridge, look at it for a couple seconds, close it, open it back up. You know what I'm talking about. Grab some water first and see if the water curves that craving. I know for me, it does a lot. It's also a sign that one, I didn't eat enough during the day. And two, I didn't drink enough during the day. Drink enough water. Water and fluids are very different. Number eight, asthma and allergies. This goes back to that histamine production we talked about in the beginning. Histamine regulates our lung muscle contraction, the bronchial muscle. When the concentrated blood reaches the lungs, local histamine production is natural and it's automatic. However, if it's exaggerated, it will promote constriction leading to asthma and allergies. If you suffer from either of those, increase your daily water intake. Do not overdrink thinking you can undo the damage of many months or years of dehydration by taking in excessive water intake for a few days. You need to drink a normal amount of water every single day until your body is fully hydrated and stay at that level for a long period of time. He recommends that the normal amount of every day is between eight to 10 eight ounce glasses. So around 64 ounces. I'm going to say if you can get to the point where your ounce equals your body weight. 
So if you weigh 120 pounds, you want to take in 120 ounces, that would be a lot better. That would be the end goal. But like I said, for me, my goal is to just double what I'm already in, in taking. 64 ounces, 50 ounces, up to 100, make that my goal. It would already help my body feel a lot better. Now, in regards to specifically asthma and salt, salt plays a role with asthma because the body retains salt in a water storage shortage. When your body is craving water, it's going to retain our salt, which can then create severe asthma attacks with a salt shortage being a major contributing factor. Salt is a natural antihistamine. People with allergies should increase their salt intake to prevent excess histamine production. What does this look like? If you're craving salt during allergy season, there's a reason why. Your histamine production is really high. Your body's intake of salt can help lower that histamine. He even recommends sometimes people put salt inside their water, a Himalayan salt, and it can help lower the histamine production. In any case, whether you're dealing with asthma and allergies or chronic pain, water, water, water. At a very absolute minimum, to not die and to not have terrible, terrible problems with body pains of all sorts, you need six to eight, eight ounce glasses. Say like 40 ounces total. Now, what type of water is good? Because some people are going to say, well, tap water is terrible for you. It has heavy metals. And we'll wheel it out of, out of a well water system. Tap water has protection of chlorine as a bacterial agent. Bottled water is sterilized by the addition of ozone or, quote, super oxygen during bottling. So he says to get a filtration unit on your kitchen sink. But some water is better than none at all. For about every 10 glasses of water, add one half teaspoon of salt per day or three grams. So when you're drinking 80 ounces of water, if you're not one to take salt inside your daily diet, you might want to think about adding some salt into it. And last but not least, number nine, morning sickness and pregnancy. Morning sickness of the mother is a thirst signal of both the fetus and the mother. Humans seem to lose their thirst sensation and the critical perception of needing water. It gets worse with age and it gets worse when you're chronically dehydrated. You don't even recognize the signs because you've been telling your body to shut up long enough, basically. When you're thirsty, you cannot substitute anything else but with water. There is no equivalent to water. I'm going to have to try this when and if another pregnancy round comes my way. Because morning sickness is a real thing. And who knows? If you can find a cure for morning sickness, you're going to be a multimillionaire. Unless it's water because you can't patent that. I guess that's not true. How many bottled water companies are there out there? So morning sickness is a first signal of dehydration inside the fetus and the mom. Drink up. All right. There's your nine signs of dehydration, generalized pain, GI complaints, rheumatoid arthritis, depression, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, obesity, asthma and allergies. And last but not least, 
morning sickness with pregnancy. They always say that, you know, it's worse in the morning when you wake up, right? And you've slept for how many hours without drinking anything. And then you don't want to drink anything because you have to wake up and pee because everything's being shoved on top of your bladder. I love being pregnant, y'all. All All right. There is our nine signs of dehydration. Make sure you get your water intake in. I'm going to do my best to improve mine. You as well. Your purpose is just like mine. It's big and it's important. And there's no one else anywhere on the planet who can fulfill it. So quit messing around and go get them. Chip gains. Take massive leaps towards your purpose and come join the 21-day Permission to Heal Boot Camp that's right for you. We begin September 6th. Say yes to yourself and let's celebrate your success next. Pick the boot camp that's right for you here. DrKylieBurton.com Practitioners, we are needed. Let's form an army and step into our purpose all while leveling up together. Come join me in the Beyond the Diagnosis Mastermind. Doors close September 6th and the opportunity won't be around again for six months. I'll see you on the inside. BTD mastermind.com.